The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Hi, and welcome to Leadership Stars. This is Linda, and I'm here with my guest, um, Bev Adamo. And Bev and I have known each other for a bit of time. Uh, We've been in different masterminds together, and we've done some really great work together. And it was really a joy for me to ask her to be on the show and to hear her insights into leadership and inspiration, uh, particularly. And just to give you a a couple of credentials for, for Bev, she is a certified dream coach, She's a true purpose coach, and we're going to ask her more about what that means. And she's the founder of the movement of humans who are ready to stop wearing their power, such as weight, worry, debt, guilt, and shame, and really start owning and using their power to change their personal world, the world around them, and truly becoming what I'm most passionate about, and that's inspiring leaders they were born to be. So welcome, Bev. It is so good to have you on the show. Thank you, Linda. It's so great to be here with you. Okay, so I have to ask, first of all, what's a true purpose coach? (laughs) Well, it's a certification through an amazing organization, and I'm so happy to have it. And yet at the same time, I know that it's something that I always was and always have been. So what I do is I can really see the purpose that people are on this planet for. I can see it and and I can invite them to see it as well through different um, coaching or or programs that that, uh, I work with people on. So that's basically what it is, is seeing the purpose that people have and helping them to see it as well. Okay, that's fascinating. Uh, And I I believe that we've actually worked on that a bit when we were in the mastermind together. Is that Absolutely. Yes, indeed. So, Bev, uh, you and I were just talking, and you said that you just ended a contract with the Public Transit Authority in Livermore, and it was a 12-year contract, and you were doing your business at the same time you were doing that, and you basically were um, all things to all people at the transit uh, authority. So tell me, how does that work into what you're doing in your business? Well, I've always found that I was called to be a leader. And mm. first of all, I was called to be a leader in my own life because I experienced a, a number of, mm, well, if I were to write a book about everything, everything that happened to me, people would probably look at it and say, there's no way that all those things happened to one person in one <laughs> lifetime. And I'm not even done with my lifetime yet. So I, 
because of, and a lot of them I look at as what I call dark miracles. So I, mm-hmm. I see them as miracles. And at the same time, there are things that happen that could be looked at as very tragic and losses and things like that. And so for a period of time in my life, I experienced a very deep depression as a result of that because uh, there was so much darkness that I seemed to be surrounded by. So I felt that I was called to be a leader in my own life to really step up and look at, you know, why am I here? So that's where I, I started looking at that possibility of purpose and what it means and everything. So in becoming a leader in my own life, and then as I walked through the world and um, was in different um, corporate, both uh, private and then my most recent public gig, what I was was uh, no matter where I started in the organization, I seemed to be called up the ranks, if you will, until I found myself in executive leadership positions and all of that. So with my business, uh, it was very easy also to incorporate uh, the aspects of leadership and inspiration, because that's a lot of what I call people to do. That movement that you talked about Mm -hmm. um, with people understanding that instead of wearing their power, weight, worry, etc., to really step into it and utilize their power in a way that they could become leaders in their own life and leaders in however they're going about their outside uh, business, in their jobs or in their businesses. I think that's amazing. And, and audience, you just heard her say to s- step into your power rather than wearing it and to really become the leader in your own life. And I think that's very, very important, Bev. And I thank you for bringing that point up. Now, you did talk about dark miracles. And I know you've had some tragedies in your life. um, And one of which actually led to your book. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, I was gifted with a very magical marriage. And from that, uh, my husband, Rick, uh, he was amazing and we one of the most important reasons we were together is to create our incredible daughter who is 21 now and doing just awesome and through that through our life through that marriage and through raising our daughter in 2010 we had what I call a dark miracle which is January of 2010 when Rick died He literally died in my arms. Our daughter was there as well as my mom. And I experienced, if you've ever been with someone who transitions, there's their last breath is, is more than their breath. It's, it's literally their soul, you know, leaving the physical body and and moving into the expansion of the infinite Mm -hmm. and experiencing that was, was one thing. Um, And he was, that's what the book is about, is about his death and his coming back to life 44 minutes later. Wow. And it was just amazing. And and there were three reasons. As I told the story later, as I continued to tell the story, I found that I would always say there were three reasons that Rick came back. And that was love music and the San Francisco Giants. So what the book talks about is, you know, what what that really means. I know it's it's great. It's great. And it particularly is. the last one. It's it's yeah. uh, amazing. Especially how well they're playing right now, right? 
I, it's yeah. interesting how they go. They're just, they're amazing. And it's, it's funny because I was just talking to someone yesterday about my book and he said, well, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it would have been the LA Dodgers, I'd read your book. And I said, Hey, some of the biggest fans of the book happen to be Dodger fans. So it has no, it has less <laughs> to do with the, with the actual team and, and more to do with, with um, the inspiration of, mm-hmm. you know, why, why would you come back to life? Uh, I talked with the ER doctor at one point and asked him because Rick had been without, he hadn't been breathing and his heart hadn't beat for 44 minutes. And the doctor said, you know, this is, this wasn't a near death experience. This was a death experience. And I said, well, why did you, why did you even try to, you, you knew what happened or how he got there to the emergency room. Why did you even try? And the doctor said, all I can tell you, Ms. Adamo, is that I was compelled to help this man. I was compelled to use everything that I had to bring him back. So the book is about, you know, really all of that story. And then um, what we learned through that miracle of, of his returning and even more so to inspire others, because this is what I found in telling the story before I, we even wrote the book. To inspire others to be a leader in their life and to stop dying their death and start living their life. And Bev, that that's it's it's inspiring. I mean, and your husband is still with us? No, he well in angelic form. So in in December of 2013, okay. uh, he made his final transition, and all of that the the. Where the book leaves off, where the three reasons leave off, t- through that and then beyond is another incredible inspirational story of both dark miracles and the mir- and miracles of the lightest kind, um, some of which I'd like to have an opportunity to talk about in terms of my own physical transformation. And so there's a second book that's coming out. It's called The Fourth Reason, and it should <laughs> okay. be available in the next couple of months, so... Okay, so audience, you have two books now to read about Bev's experiences and what she's learned and how that inspires herself and others to really step in and, and, as she says, become a leader in your own life. So, Bev, since you brought it up, let's start with what you've learned and what you wanted to share that's coming out in the fourth reason. One of the things that's coming out in the fourth reason is that I was a... I was, in the past, I was a woman who wore my power in the form of weight, worry, and all the things that you listed when you first talked about it. And after Rick transitioned the second time, I was in a position where I really felt connected with with spirit and and with my team that I was leading and just the people around me, the women in my community uh, who I was leading in my business with coaching and with um, retreats and things like that. And yet I would look at myself and see that, you know, I was overweight and I, I wasn't necessarily happy with myself. And I had a very poor image of myself, both body, mind, and um, and my emotional image and what I discovered was that I really didn't love myself as much as I could lead others to and inspire others to love themselves and to know that they had this amazing purpose I hadn't I wasn't using my own 
knowings, you know, that I used with everyone else. So at a, a certain point in my life, I said, I have this amazing information that inspires so many people. I'm going to try it on myself. So I really asked myself, what is it about myself that I don't like or that I don't love? And oh my gosh, I came up with the longest list. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. And I hate this and everything else. And I said, all right. So my, my first goal was to love myself, completely accept and love myself. And as funny as this may sound, I started with my feet because I have, I have big feet. I have all my life. I'm a, I'm an Amazonian woman, you know, I'm almost six (laughs) feet tall and I'm, you know, not a small woman. And I always hated the fact that I had big feet that I could never find shoes to wear. So I started with my feet and I said, you know, if I can love myself completely, I need to start with like the worst part about me. So I started with my feet and what I came up with was that I was grateful for them. I mean, Mm. what would my life be if I didn't have feet? I will no, definitely do not want that alternative. So I really started with the, just being grateful that I had feet. And I, I did this uh, practice of literally telling myself and, and changing my beliefs and looking at myself and loving myself. And so when I came to that point of acceptance, and I know there are a lot of teachers out there and, and coaches and people and leaders who talk about really being able to accept and love yourself. You know, I did that, and um, it was amazing. And yet, when I got to that point of knowing that I accepted and loved myself exactly the way I was, you know, overweight, hardly able to move, not able to go up and down steps, you know, I had to give up my two-story house because I, you know, I couldn't live there Mm -hmm. anymore. So it was just a lot of different things that felt like, again, loss, and it was due to my physical condition and my emotional condition. And so at a certain point, once I realized that, oh, you know what? I accept and love myself. Oh, and it felt so good. And then I heard this question. And the question was, do you love yourself enough to see what is really possible? And I took a deep breath and I said, Hmm. I have no idea what that means, and my answer is yes, I do my love myself enough to see what's really possible. And from that, I went on a, a quest of finding resources and people who could support me in understanding nutrition and, and how to eat in a way that food was fuel and that in eating I could be very mindful and loving of myself and, and movement, gentle movement to even be moving at all. And really the amazing angels who showed up to help me on that path incredible I absolutely know that anytime and I I teach this as well anytime someone makes a choice makes a decision the resources show up they show up big time and so within a course of uh, about a year I lost almost 90 90 pounds and got to the place where you guys my I felt like I was more physically fit than than I was when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I was an absolute athlete. So that kind of transformation is what I'm really inviting others into now with this movement of understanding what's possible when you own your power and use it as opposed to wearing it. So thank you so much for that question. I love talking about it. Oh, that is just incredible. Um, 90 pounds? Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then being able to move. I know I, I did a free um, session yesterday with Esther um, Gokhale's process to end back pain. Mm. And I was amazed at how just changing posture yeah. can really impact, one, the pain in your body, but also can inspire you to move more often, to move more gently. And I understand, um, or so sh- there, there was a testimonial that someone who had started walking the way we did, you know, before computers. And um, she said that she lost something like 30 pounds just walking a couple miles a day, but this very deliberate way using the glutes rather than, in essence, using your feet. And I just thought that that was amazing. And, you know, and, and it, it's inspiring to see what um, is possible when you are mindful. Yes, absolutely. And again, that's what I love. I I love what you're talking about. As you were talking, I was shifting my posture. <laughs> there. And like, hmm, okay, because that's absolutely true. Sometimes it's the, the smallest, most simple things that we can do to make some changes in our lives. So even when, and that's such a great point, even when it looks like, like 90 pounds, oh my God, how, how is that even possible to lose that? You don't even have to look at that. It's what can I do today? What are the... Yeah. What are the simple things that I can do? And oh my goodness, it so shifts everything. So thank you for talking about that. And yes, there are so many resources out there for us and it doesn't have to be one way. So that's the other thing that I teach is be open to what works for you because it may not be what your friend or your family member or anybody else is is using. And yet at the same time, you'll really be able to know um, what it is that's going to work for you. Yeah, and I think that's that's so true because, like, I, I have a s- slight challenge. My husband doesn't eat greens. He says, oh. <laughs> if, it's, if it's blue in a vegetable, I'll eat it. And, by the way, there aren't any natural ones, although I think there's blue corn. Anyways, when we get back, we're going to talk more about this. And I want you to think about what parts of you don't you love at this particular point in time. Write them down, and we'll be right back. America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. 
You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm here with my very special guest, Bev Adamo, and we were just talking about, in fact, on the break, we were talking about vegetables, um, and, and as I told Bev, and I'll tell you, my husband won't eat anything except blue, blue vegetables, and that's not quite true, but it's it's close, and there doesn't seem to be any that are natural, so you can get blue cauliflower, but I believe it's dyed, and you can get blue corn, which is natural, but, you know, he'll eat corn, and it's a starch anyway. Um, so the things that he will eat, uh, lettuce, but it has to be romaine. Um, he'll eat tomatoes, again, I think a fruit. Um, he'll do onions. Um, he'll do avocado, which is a fruit. Uh, he'll do artichokes. And if I really push, he'll do peas. So, you know, the paleo diets and all the, the, the quote, healthy living diets that are out there currently want you to eat a mass of vegetables. And so what do you do when you have a husband who won't? eat vegetables without making a mass of vegetables and then having to throw some out because you can't get to them all by the time that they go bad. So I'm, I'm dying. Audience, if you know of a way <laughs> to do this, I would love to hear it. And you can um, email me at Linda at dare the number two dream with Linda.com. And I would love your suggestions. Anyways, let's get back to Bev and some other things that are going on with you. Um, you, one of the things that you said um, was, was a top priority for you was fun. And this was offline, not online. And that it's your secret weapon when it comes to being inspired. So how does that work in situations that are as serious as some of the life-changing issues that you've had, challenges that you've had come up? Oh, one of my favorite things to talk about is fun. And in, in the book, yeah. The Three Reasons, the, the, that third reason, San Francisco Giants, that's all, all that is about is fun. It's just fun, fun, fun. And in reading, I don't want to spoil the, the surprise, but it, it is about fun. And the reason why I call it a secret weapon is that we tend to take everything we tend to take things so seriously and even things that aren't life or death we we go into it and we get this you know even a physical reaction of fight or flight and it we have so conditioned ourselves to respond in that way and fun is a super antidote to that so anytime you can find something some way to make things fun it's awesome my family as, as you can imagine, is a little different than most people because of a lot of the things that we've gone to <laughs> yes. and, and and gone through and, and survived. And so we have a we have a way of looking at things that if something doesn't kill us, not only does it make it strong uh, stronger, at some point it's going to be funny. So we might as well laugh about it now than, you know, wait a year and then, oh, yeah, remember what happened. So anything that happens, there's always an element of humor. And it's been my experience that really spiritual beings on this planet, like the Dalai Lama or any person like that also has this amazing sense of humor, sense of joy, a sense of lightness. And I've incorporated that not only in my own life, 
also in my teaching and, and my leading and any of the groups that I've been in. For example, when I did, um, I created a customer service team, what we did in our in our uh, orientation was not all this serious stuff of you need to know this, 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 and you need to ha- know how to do this, this, this. We did vision boards. And the, PM, the people, <laughs> it was great because the people didn't know me from Adam. You know, I just hired them, brought them in, and, and they're, they're sitting there. And I'm going, okay, we're going to do a vision board. And they're like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to look at what you want in your life in all different places of your life, not just here, but everywhere else. And we had such Fun. It was so great to watch these people just really come alive. And they made the best team ever. I mean, I've just always been so proud of the teams that I've worked with and led because they're just so amazing. And really that secret weapon of fun and introducing that and that lightness and joy and understanding that a person is a whole person and not just there in their job or in their their business life it's it everything affects everything else so fun creates a connection between people so even with all of the things going on um, with my husband when he was in the process of his second transition the first transition was quick his heart mm-hmm. stopped. He was dead, gone. Second transition was uh, was longer and more drawn out. And at the same time, there were moments that even he, as as he was in pain and everything else, would we'd just be laughing and in tears from laughing, not sadness from from laughing because something was just hilarious. So I really, really invite everyone to know that fun is not utilized as much as it could be in terms of being inspired and in terms of being a leader. Right. So, Bev, there are like three things that came out of this that that really resonate with me and and the work that I do. One is the whole thing about fun. Um, I have a whole step on celebration and fun, which I think is critical. I actually had one of my favorite fun people, Carrie Hargraves, on the show um, back in March when we, we actually did a whole month on celebration. But I've read uh, the conversations between the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And there is so much fun in that book. There's yes. a lot of really great teachings, but those guys had just a blast <laughs> just being around each other. And the, and the, there's a little bit of sarcasm mm-hmm. in how they talk to each other. And I just thought it was it was just amazing to read that book. So if you get a chance to do that, I would definitely recommend it. And then you talked about vision boards. And I spoke a couple weeks ago to a group. And one of the questions I asked them was, okay, so we're halfway through the year. How many of you are on track to reach your vision? And no one raised their hand. Mm. Okay. That's really odd. So let me ask you, let me back up. How many of you have a vision for this year? And I had like four people raise a hand. And I'm going, oh, great. So where are the rest of you going? You know, <laughs> if you're on this trip to for this year, where's your endpoint? How do you know that you've gotten there? And they're all kind of looking at me like, what are you talking about? But basically, they had no idea where they were going or how they were going to get there. Or even if they'd gotten there, they wouldn't know. Um, and so I, th- I think that's just amazing that you sat down and did vision boards with your team. I, I strongly encourage people to do that because then you, you as the leader who have sort of the overall vision, have a sense of where everyone else fits in that and how you can align that vision with where you're actually going. And I think that makes the team have just so much more fun and they're all 
um, sort of self-directed and, you know, really have a drive to achieve their vision in terms of the vision, the overall vision. And, and then you talked about rela- then you talked about relationships, and this is another thing that's always been a pet peeve of mine is how deep are our relationships with the people who work with us, and I think too often we stay at that superficial level, that what I call that Facebook friend level, where you know how many kids they have and how many dogs and where they live and that kind of thing, but you know absolutely nothing about them. And the fact that you dig, dug deeper into those relationships, I think, made that team as powerful as it was. You had vision, you had fun, and you had a really deep relationship. Would you agree? Absolutely. Beautiful, Linda. And and thank you. I also wanted to add, my family and I have done vision boards for the longest time. I, I remember the first time I sat, my, sat Rick and, and my daughter down to do it. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> My daughter's like, oh, mom, <laughs> another crazy idea, etc. And yet it was still, it was super fun and it was awesome. And when, when my mom was living with us, we sat down to do a vision board and I saw all these things she was cutting out and there's this big red picture. And I go, what is that? I just, all I could see was something big and something red. And it was a Hummer. And this, and my mom at the time was like 70 I don't know, I think in her in her late 70s, and she had this big red Hummer that she wanted to put on her vision board, and I'm thinking, well, number one, you have, you know, the, uh, there's no income, there's no, well, how are you going to do this? I did not say that to her. They mm-hmm. were thoughts that came up in my head, because I, I know sometimes I can't stop the thoughts. I can, most of the time, stop the thoughts from coming out of my mouth, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just going, wow, that's amazing, and within three months that Hummer was in the garage. It was amazing. I mean, she wrote a check for it, cash, and it was awesome. It, the manifestation from that vision was incredible. So I, I, I love using that story with people when I when they talk about, well, does this really work? And they say, yes, absolutely does work, even on the most impossible um, things that you believe that you want to bring into your life. Well, and, and Bev, you know the story of... Uh, um, Oh God, John Asaraf and yes. his house. Yes, and you know, and the fact that he had cut out this picture years and years and years ago it was on the wall in his in his real estate office. Didn't really look at it. Stuck it away. Moved to Los Angeles, if I remember right. And his son is un. It's, it's been it's been three or four years that they've lived in this house, maybe longer. And his son is unpacking those last boxes that you didn't get to right away. And he says, "Hey, Dad, when did you take this picture of the house?" And it was the house that he had pulled out of a magazine years before, <laughs> and they were living in it. And I just think that that's, that's incredible. Um, and I know my audience knows that my big dream is to move to Dornoch, Scotland, and to at least spend part of the year there. Probably not all of the year, because my husband's not into snow either. Um, <laughs> but so that he can play golf seven days a week if he chooses to. And the cool thing is that... We are going in September, and again, it was one of those, we set the vision. What's amazing is how things dropped in. He had spent weeks looking for just the right flights on the right airline, and because we're taking our dog with us up to Seattle to be with his cousins, uh, we have to fly out of Seattle, and he wasn't finding anything that he wanted. We were spending, you know, we would have to fly back to Oakland to get there, and it was just incredible. And Google pops up with the perfect flight. <laughs> I was like, 
what's up with it? I never go to Google Flights. So it was it was just incredible. It was the perfect flight. It's from Seattle to Amsterdam. We spend 50 minutes in Amsterdam. And we fly to Inverness and we're there. And same way coming back. And it was like, okay, it works. You're right. You can manifest anything. It's it's just putting it out there and, you know, in essence, letting it go. Uh, and I, I think that's ju- it's just an amazing process of what the universe can create for us and what your subconscious reticular activating system pops up in front of you just when you need it, right? Absolutely, Linda. Thank you for that gorgeous example and affirmation of how it works. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, one of the worst things was my husband... Oh, it's been six months ago. It's before we decided to go to Scotland. He says to me, you know, I don't, I think we've had our last trip to Scotland. You know, I'm, I'm getting to a place where I can't sit up in the, in the airline chairs any longer. And I don't know how long I'm going to be able to play golf. You know, my game sucks right now. Oh. And, and I'm going, okay, let's reconnect with the vision. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of the reason why we're going back to Scotland, even though we get a chance to look at Doorknock every day. As my audience knows, it sits as an eight-foot picture in my reception area at work. And it's a picture of every building in Doorknock at the time that it was painted. And Mm. so I can pick out, you know, the cathedral and the jail and the castle and where the fishmonger is and the butcher and the patisserie and the bookstore and the tea shop and everything else. It's, It's just an amazing picture that really you know, kind of reconnects on a daily basis as to where, where we want to be, at least for part of the year. So um, visualization definitely works. And vision boards are amazing. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, Bev, let's go back just for a minute to the concept of purpose, which um, you are a true purpose coach. Um, and... I guess with that, the three reasons as a source of inspiration. What if somebody knows what doesn't know what their three reasons are? Yeah, I get that. I <laughs> since I've written the book, I've got, I've gotten a few inquiries and panicked calls. It's like, oh, Bev, I don't know what my three reasons are. I don't. I'm not sure how to. I, I you know I tried I tried the process and it didn't work. And oh my gosh! And it's like, okay, take a deep breath. So really, really the three. The three reasons, again, um, inspiring people to stop dying their death and start living their lives through really discovering their three reasons, the three reasons that they're here, uh, which is an- another word for purpose. It's another path to being more aware and awake to why you're on the planet. And the first thing that I tell everyone, even before the three, reason came, three reasons came to be, the first thing that I let people know is that there's no way that they are not living on purpose. Everyone has a purpose, number one, and everyone is living on purpose. It's simply a question of how awake and aware we are to our purpose and then the choices that we make from there. Because what I discovered that in looking back, retrospect in my life, I was absolutely on purpose every single day of my life. And at the same time, I had no idea. So I, some of the ways that I got the lessons and the education and everything that I needed came to me in like more like a two by four hitting me up the side of the head instead of something that was a more conscious decision (laughs) of let me learn this or, oh, I see this coming my way, that kind of thing. So really when people are saying, I don't know what my three reasons are, it's, it's, knowing that they're there and there's more than three it's um really when you look at it and sometimes they'll shift for uh, i know over the course of my life my purpose is 
is what it is, and and yet the the reasons or the the different aspects of that purpose have shifted over the course of of my lifetime. You know what my focus is, that type of thing. So even when you're in this place of thinking you don't know what your purpose is or you don't know what your reasons are for being on this planet, it's there. So it's the only question of being more open. And what I also tell people is to simply be willing to see what they are. Um, A great way to do a passion quest, if you will, which is also in discovery, you know, more about your purpose is to simply look back at your life and what is it that you really loved doing? What do you love doing now? Um, Where do you get the most fulfillment, the most excitement, the most... um, just really juiced for life what makes you just so excited and on the other hand what scares you to death what scares the bejeebers out of you and looking at those kinds of intense feelings on both ends of the scale because that's where your purpose lies that's where your reasons for being here lies and it's um i love i love it when people talk to me about i don't know what this is it's like good Let's, uh, you know, let's just, let's have a conversation about what that might be. So I absolutely invite people to go on a passion quest and simply look back at their life and, and find those things that they really loved and do love and, and what excites them and what scares them. Okay, Bev, then I have to ask you this question. So the things that I loved when I was a kid was swimming from like five in the morning until eight o'clock at night. Um, and I love, I have an obsession for caramel. So how does that fit into my passion? Quickly. <laughs> well, I, wow. So there's something <laughs> about, there's something about the water and it isn't necessarily the swimming itself, although it can be. I mean, that's very good. There's something about you being with the flow and having the water and having all of this support that you have. And there is a, a big aspect of leadership in that swimming because you really have to to take on the the willingness to be in this we don't breathe water you know we breathe air so being willing to be in the water and and doing this um, amazing exercise of bringing your heart and soul into it which you have to if you're swimming that much okay but uh, i'm gonna stop you right the there yeah i'm gonna stop you right there and we're gonna think about that and when we come back we'll carry on this discussion so we'll be right back thank you Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I am with Bev Adamo, who, and we've been having this conversation about purpose um, and to do a passion quest, to kind of go back and look at your life and see what you were passionate about um, when you were younger and then as, as you um, grew older and sort of where you are today. And I asked Bev, I said, well, tell me then what does swimming have to do with my purpose and my passion and, and all that? And we started with um, the whole going with the flow and how you breathe in water since we don't have gills to uh, to uh, breathe with. And it also has a, a, a piece in leadership. And Bev, I'd like you to explore that a little bit more. How does it have a piece in leadership? Well, to that, to get to there, I'm going to ask you the question. Okay. How did you feel when you were swimming? And did you were you swimming just on your own or were you swimming with others or what did that look like? Um, I had two practices really. Um, the early morning stuff was with a coach and I would swim probably three miles. Um, and it, it, it was sort of funny because he'd give me the route for the first mile and then I'd finish that. And it, I felt like a dog, you know, <laughs> who's really eager to do the next one. Okay, so what's next? And so he'd give me the second set of, of laps. And again, same kind of thing. I'd get to, you know, the third one. I'm going, great, great, great. Okay, what do we do now? What do we do now? And, and he, he always, he's going, calm down, calm down. But I, I, uh, one, I felt very free in the water because, again, you have that buoyancy and I float very well. And I just love the power mm-hmm. of moving through water. And yet there was, you're right, there's this flow, the sense of um, as you push against it, it moves, it powers you forward. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I, I mean, I just, I just loved it. I do miss it. Um, although, uh, it's a challenge now since I don't have a pool and I, you know, timing wise, but I always want to be by water, yes. uh, which is sort of why we live here in the Bay Area, why we're going to Scotland um, and to be uh, land bound, which is what I was. I l- was born and raised in Chicago, which, yes, we have a lake. Um, it's not a lake I want to swim in, but we have a lake. And I, I just be. One to refresh my spirit, but just because I love the energy that's there. So, does that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Because what I see as a leader, you were willing to do whatever it took to get better, to mm-hmm. see what it, you know, how far you could um, get, how 
how good you really are. That as leaders, that's who we are. We're really always um, willing to expand and say what's next, what's next, what's next. And then the passion that you had with it. As leaders, we are passionate about any any number of things and I see you actually you shared that with others in what synchronized swimming or something that you did as well yeah that's what it was called then Mm -hmm. Um, I don't uh, no, I take that back. That's what's called now. It was called yeah. water ballet. Uh, when, yes. <laughs> when I was doing it, yes, that does tell my age. Um, and <laughs> it it wasn't it wasn't as well. It wasn't as professional a sport as it is currently, uh, where you would see it in in the Olympics and that kind of thing. So it was it, it was more uh, a play to to be uh, the ones I loved is when you were doing um, uh, patterns in the water. And so you'd have a huge group of women who were creating these different patterns by how they moved and where they ended up and how, how they were positioned. And I thought that that was one of the most dramatic things about water belly uh, was being able to create those kinds of looks and to really make that happen. That, that to me was just awe-inspiring. Absolutely. And I totally see the leadership that it not just in you, but everyone who is participating. And yet at the same time, without your leadership, it wouldn't have come together as beautifully as it did. So I, the, the leader in you was really being served well through your swimming. And, and I would say uh, not to let the pool thing get in your way and go, go find some place to swim. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I, 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 there's a, blog I did a long time ago, you know, um, you know, put up a parking lot. Um, and I was in uh, Hawaii. And one of the things I always loved about Hawaii was that I could, you know, you're out in the sun and you, you know, you get a little over sunned and you can sit in a, an oatmeal bath or a bubble bath or whatever. And it was just that sense of cooling water and it cooling on the, the hot skin and that kind of thing. I walked into our, our condo, which I hadn't seen in about 10 years. And they had done, they had remodeled and I walk into the bathroom just reveling in the fact that, oh, they put another great tub in here. No, they took the tub out and put a rain shower in instead. I was so disappointed. I was like, well, what do I do now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it was hot tub and pool and ocean and all that that had to do, had to substitute for the fact that we didn't have a bathtub in the bathroom any longer. Uh, but that was very sad. Um, to say the least. Anyway, yes, I, I love water. Um, and, you know, the idea of being able to spend two weeks in Hawaii and experiencing that, or for us now, two weeks in uh, Scotland, and a whole different kind of water, whole different kind of power in that water um, on the North Sea and, and on the Atlantic, it's, it's very, very, very different. And it sets up different um, resonances with me as well. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing in the aspect of power because, yes, water in any form, especially with the oceans, there is such power. And that's what I see in your purpose as well. And that you are bringing out in all of us through your work that you're doing now is just really tapping into that power and allowing others to feel it um, in their whatever way works for them. And for you, it, it's through that the power of that water. Oh, thank you so much. And it's interesting because we, we went to see Pirates of the Caribbean last night. And 
that is all about water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, there there are ships and everything else going on, but it's really about the power of the ocean and what it can do and you know, how it can support you, but also how it can be devastating. Mm-hmm. And very, very interesting. So thank you so much for that. My pleasure. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love being able to play in, in different arenas um, around people's um, strengths. And this is definitely a strength that you have. Um, you also mentioned freedom as another top priority for you in your personal life as well as your business life and as a leader in the world. And so what does freedom really mean to you? Let's start with that question. Freedom to me is knowing who I am because when I know who I am, I can make choices that empower me, that light me up, that give me the strength and the courage to go through the situations that are not so fun necessarily. So freedom is being able to have choices about everything and knowing that I have a choice about everything. That's freedom. So you truly believe that that life is a choice. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yes, I do. And and it's interesting because some of the things that, that have happened to me, there are circumstances that happen in life. Um, for example, I, I'm one of the women who has sexual trauma in my life, my early life. And I don't see myself a victim at all. That was a circumstance that was in my life. And from that, I made choices about who I am. And we, we all do. You know, we have circumstances that show up in our life. And then, then we choose what we believe about ourselves. And, and sometimes we, um, we tend to, to say that, you know, it's not my, it's that I don't really have a choice about that. And yet we really do. So what I chose to to see about myself through that experience and through some of the other experiences was that it was really an opportunity for me to know and be this powerful, amazing woman, um, literally Wonder Woman, which I just saw the movie a little bit ago and I absolutely love it. So I, I know that there is a choice and sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And yet when we can remind ourselves and remember that we always have a choice about how we're going to think about something or what we're going to believe about ourselves or how we're going to act in any moment, that is, um, again, freedom. And yes, I do believe that. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, and let's take us into then what your free gift is and then we'll go back into freedom. So what's the free gift you have for the audience today? The free gift is a four-step process to greater freedom. And mm, what so it is that we're talking about that, right? Yes, I know. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it's a great month for it, you know, in, in yeah. for at least from uh, the U.S. perspective, it's about not only Independence Day, I sub- celebrate it as Independence Month. And mm-hmm. everyone can uh, use a little more independence from some of the things that don't serve us. So that's what the, these four steps that I that I walk you through. It has to do with priority management in one sense. And at the same time, what it does is it will 
allow you to get in touch with your heart's desires to to define them more, to feel them more, to know what they are, and from that, make choices that empower you, to know what it is that you can let go of in your life, because there's a lot of things that we, we drag along behind us as as baggage, luggage, that really um, we don't need to. So it's a, a, a very simple process of how to really look at that and steps that you can take to allow yourself that freedom. The other thing about freedom that I want to mention that really works for me and supports me is that there I have found that a little bit of structure supports me in being amazingly spontaneous and free in my life in general. So I talk a little bit also about what that structure might look like for people as well and give them some ideas and some tools and some resources of of how they can have a little bit of structure in their life that supports this incredible freedom to make the choices to follow their heart's desire and to live on purpose. That's that's incredible, and I I love the fact that there's structure. Um, the, yes. the masculine side of my um, psyche definitely needs structure, and there are times when he becomes very much the analytic in my life. Mm-hmm. But you're right because there's structure you can break out and have that spontaneous fun as, as something shows up for you. And I think that's just in, incredible. And thank you so much for the gift and for the audience. Um, Bev's gift will be on my website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com. Check it out um, and definitely um, take this opportunity to get it at, as well. Um, so there was a sort of a follow-up question on the freedom piece, and that was, how do you incorporate that value into your really, really busy life? I mean, you, you just got out of a contract with the um, public transit authority, and you have your own business that does an annual retreat called Catch, Catch Your Star. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how did how did you balance both of those and still have freedom? Well, and that was only two of the things going on in my life. <laughs> so there's, okay. you know, so okay. much more. And people ask me that sometimes when they, they learn about all these different things that I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Like, how do you manage that? And what I know is that that little bit of structure when you really understand what it means and you also practice discernment, which is not the same as judgment. Judgment is good or bad, right or wrong. You practice discernment, which is this serves me or this does not serve me, it makes it really easy to say no. And one of my partners in the retreats that we do on an annual basis, she taught me, uh, gave me a really great gift. She taught me that if something is not a hell yes, then it's a no. And if something is a maybe, it's a no. And that has been so simple for me. And it also makes my relationships so much more clean and um, loving and great because People, I, you know, I can say no to people, they can say no to me, and it's wonderful. So the freedom comes from these some simple practices that really take a busy life and transforms it into a full life, full and rich. Uh, so it's a, a very distinct difference between busy and full, and I love that. Um, and Bev, I... I uh, I really love what you're saying because it makes such sense to me. And I love the fact that you have more than just one thing in your life that you're discerning. I discern with my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it's the leaning forward or falling back. And I love when it pushes me into a wall, you know, saying, no, this is definitely not something you want to do. So, Bev, I'd really like to thank you so much for your insight today into inspiration as well as purpose and so many other things. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you, Linda. And if you would like to dig deeper into the art of hurting cats or you have questions, check out our website at www.daretodreamwithlinda.com or you can send me an email at linda at that same address. Also, um, if you're looking for more inspiration in your life, check out uh, Leadership Inspirations at www.daretolead.com slash L-I. Until next time, be courageous and dare to lead. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.